eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. What's up, everyone? I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner, John Haven, and this is Big Time Baseball. We've got a great episode for you today. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Gwynn Jr. You can follow John at John Heyman. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Uh, John, how are you doing today, man? A lot, lot going on in baseball today. Yep, I'm hanging in there. It seems like uh, we're moving in the right direction. We still uh, like to have a full slate of games, but we're we're getting closer. And it seems like there's more positive news with the Reds today. And hopefully it stays that way. And we have a full slate of uh, games coming up uh, pretty soon uh, this week. Do, do you think St. Louis will get to the 60-game marker? Or, or do you think they're going to finish a little bit shorter? It just seems to me that's a lot of games to make up. And it would have to be. I know it'll be pretty taxing on the roster in terms of playing that many doublehead as many doubleheaders as it's going to take to to get to sixty. Yeah, I think even optimists are suggesting fifty-eight is possible as long as they keep the schedule as is and want to start uh, right at the beginning of October with the playoffs. And I'm sure they're bound and determined to do that. Uh, It's going to be tough for the Cardinals. I mean, give the Marlins credit. We hit Don Mattingly on last week. They've obviously done a fantastic job hanging in there, considering uh, what they've dealt with. But St. Louis uh, is dealing with a lot. Not as many players had the COVID um, for them, but. Uh, it's certainly a lot of key players, uh, Yadi Molina and Paul DeYoung and several, several other guys out uh, makes it difficult. And then you have all the doubleheaders are going to have to play even to get to 58 games optimally. Uh, it's going to be tough for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, to me, I don't know if it's a miracle if they make it in the playoffs. Certainly with eight teams, they've got a shot, but uh, it, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, I mean, listen, we had Don on last weekend. He was trying to sell us on the fact that they're real. I mean, a week later, they still sit atop the the, the, the National yep. League East. It, it, it seems like this is a story 
that, I mean, as hard as it is for me to say, John, it might have some legs after all. <laughs> Amazing. Mattingly has done a terrific job. Um, he was a great guest as well. Um, and uh, they, they have good pitching, and they definitely have some good prospects. We may see uh, some of those prospects come up. But in the meantime, uh, all these guys they claimed on waivers or made small trades for have kind of held the fort and uh, kept them right there in the race. And uh, they are in playoff position. Uh, everyone would have thought the Marlins were going to be a seller. I'm not so convinced now. I think more likely they will not be yeah. a seller. Uh, we'll see about Detroit and Baltimore, two other surprise teams. But uh, they're clearly, at this point, uh, the number one surprise in baseball. Uh, listen, I, I have to say, if you're if you're Major League Baseball, this is what you had in mind when you decided to have the 60-game sprint to expand the playoffs a little bit. You want to see some teams get in there that normally may not have a shot. It also speaks to the fact that when you have a 60-game season, Anything is possible at this point. And right now, the Marlins look good. John, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in Cleveland. There's some unrest in that clubhouse. And listen, we talked about Plesak and Clevenger last week in terms of them being sent home and, and violating the, the protocol. But uh, there, it, there seems to be some, some, some uneasiness because afterwards, I believe Plesak hopped on Instagram and told his story, <laughs> albeit while driving a vehicle. And... Um, <laughs> I and it's still, <laughs> I mean, it's not, but it's, 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 it's mind numbing that somebody after being under the spotlight for what they were under the spotlight for, uh, would then make a video while driving a car. Uh, it just seems, it just seems, it just seems crazy to me, but nevertheless, uh, that has seemingly irritated his teammates even more. What are you hearing on that end? Yeah, I, I think the teammates are clearly uh, upset uh, with these two players. I know that uh, Zach Plesak, who's a very young man, uh, tried to blame the media and tried to praise the Indians. And I praise the Indians, too, because I think they've done a good job and been tough on them and now sent them both to the alternate site, which is basically the minor leagues. And uh, it's a stern wake-up call uh, to, for these two young men to understand how serious this is, how serious the protocols are, how serious COVID is. And I, I just don't think they got it. You're absolutely right, uh, Tony. Uh, the teammates did not appreciate it at all. Uh, Plutko, uh, starting pitcher, uh, came out and criticized them. Francisco Lindor, star player, came out yeah. and criticized them. I think the whole team was upset. Uh, the police act uh, apology and then his uh, – Instagram or whatever that was uh, did not work. Uh, Clevenger's apology was a little bit better, but um, you know I think some teammates felt he had more to apologize for. Plesac had the advantage, shall we say, of being found out first and being sent home by himself. Uh, Clevenger pretended he wasn't out with Plesac at first and went to the team meeting and defended Plesac and was in the meeting with all the guys, then flew home with the team and was found out afterward. And uh, I think that the players – in some cases, at least, are more upset with Clevenger uh, for continuing the ruse that he wasn't out with Plesak. So, um, you know, I think the Indians have handled it well. So uh, we're going to give them praise, and I'll, I'll leave it at that from now. Listen, I, I think those players in that locker room have every right to be pissed off at Clevenger because he, he's of the, of the two, you would think he would be the one that knew better. He's been a part of that rotation. He's been a part of that clubhouse for for the last couple of years. Not only that, he's an important piece to that ball club and for him to blatantly disrespect. I mean, you had Oliver Perez 
threatening to opt out if those two guys were still on the roster. So, you know, having been in the locker room, you know that this is, 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 it goes a lot deeper than just the surface of some guys skirting the rules and then being sent down. This really affected this clubhouse. More importantly, John, this could end up affecting their money. Police act was on pace to be a super two. If they keep him down there long enough, that year, get it. He's going to miss out on that. Clevenger is in the same boat. He's coming up. His free agency could be pushed back a year if they decide to to keep him down there a little bit longer to show him lessons. So this thing has all kinds of legs to it. Uh, while we're on the subject of stupidity, let's talk uh, <laughs> Oakland A's here. Uh, the bench coach, Ryan Christensen. I haven't heard much about what punishment, if any, Oakland has 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 issued. What are you hearing on that end, John? Yeah, I think Oakland took it seriously, and uh, they had a stern talk with him and told Christensen in those uncertain terms that this cannot happen again. I, I think it was pretty clear that if he did anything like this again, he, he'd be out. I mean, it's hard to get inside his mind, as I said, but uh, it was a terrible look uh, to, to give that signal that looked like a, a Nazi signal, a Hitler signal, uh, just terrible. And, uh, you know, I give Liam Hendricks credit for um, yeah, showing yeah. him what was wrong. And I give the team credit for coming down on him. He now, you may say he suffered no punishment, but I, I mean, I'm not sure what they should have done. I mean, we, it's hard to get inside someone's head. Uh, he yeah. just may have done something moronic. I, I don't know, but uh, you know, that's the very least it was moronic. And I, you know, I, I know I said that was it on uh, Clevenger and police act, but uh, you reminded me that, uh, you know how we know how serious this is, but I mean, they, there's a guy on that team who's pl- trying to play through this. Yes. With a nice job, Carlos Carrasco, who yes. had leukemia last year. I, I mean, this is a very serious situation, and, and it should be obvious to anybody, but particularly uh, guy, two guys on a team with a guy who had cancer last year, and also their manager, who, who we all yeah. love, Terry yeah. Francona, ha- has been away with health, a health situation, and he's had health problems in the past. I, I personally think some of these managers have pushed it a little bit. I mean, if you're over 60 and you've got some health situations, uh, maybe it's better just to opt out. Um, but, they, you know, I think they felt the pressure or the need or the love of the game and didn't do it. I mean, I Dusty Baker obviously has had some health situations. Ron Gardenhire, same thing, health situations, and Terry Francona. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I keep, I hate to keep piling on on Clevenger and Plesac, and hopefully they've learned their lesson. But it, it was a bad thing that they did. Uh, I don't, I don't believe you're piling on. I, I think that is why those spe- those specific reasons you just mentioned is why you can't just overlook this situation. I mean, because they knew the, all of those things prior to making the decisions that they did, yet they still made them. So we'll, we'll move on. We won't beat them down too much, but I, I, I don't think we, we have. Uh, John, we're, we're two weeks out from from this yep. weird August 31st trade deadline. Um, and it just just a, a anecdotal look. It seems like pitching is going to be uh, the thing that every team is, is looking for. Would you what do you think about that? Yeah, I think you're probably right. That's usually the case. Uh, certainly, uh, this is not a typical year, uh, obviously. Um, uh, we're not sure how many sellers there are going to be. Uh, there may be very few sellers. Uh, there might be fewer buyers. Two teams may not want to take the chance. But uh, the fact that it's a 60-game season and the fact that there are 16 teams make it instead of 10, uh, most teams are going to think they're in it. At this point, uh, 
from what I hear from other teams, they're fairly convinced that uh, Seattle and Boston are the sellers for now. They're two confirmed sellers, at least from what we hear from other teams. Um, you never know. We still have some time to go, but um, I think Seattle and Boston will sell. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'm going to say, is a probably to sell. Um, and then the maybes, there's a group of maybes. Uh, and it's you might say it's large, but uh, you know I think we're going to end up with possibly as few as a half dozen total sellers, which is going to really inhibit the market. The The maybes that I have is for selling would be uh, the Angels, who certainly do not want to sell after signing Rendon uh, and having their payroll. Uh, the Giants, I think that they may be even a likely seller along with Pittsburgh. Houston, um, I don't think they're a likely seller. The Mets, I don't see them as a likely seller, but I'll put them in the maybe category. We have Baltimore and Detroit. They're both, give them credit, they're both in it at this point. So yeah, they're yeah. a maybe. Kansas City is a maybe. Uh, Toronto's a maybe. And uh, Arizona, I mean, I had them as a team to make the playoffs, but it's going to be interesting. They could go either way, I think. Uh, Toronto could end up as a seller. And, of course, the Bichette situation uh, could affect that as well. But, uh, you know, I think the starting pitching is the key. And the guys on those teams that I named as the likely and uh, confirmed sellers who could be dealt to include Marco Gonzalez and Martin Perez, Avaldi uh, from Boston, uh, a potential. Uh, we have a Bundy who's done terrifically for the Angels, Boyd. From Detroit, potentially, if they sell uh, Robbie Ray from Arizona, if they sell, he looked better. Uh, got his thousand strikeout, the second fastest ever to, to a thousand strikeouts to another Diamondback, Randy Johnson. That's a little bit of a surprise, but uh, certainly has the potential. Danny Duffy, and then you know Houston's come back in it, so I I, I think they're unlikely to be a seller, but if they are, uh, Granky, who was traded last year, uh, would be an interesting uh, guy to move. And there there are a couple others, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't think the market will be as active as it has been in the past, simply because there are uncertainties and there are going to be more than half the teams making the playoffs. Well, you know, since since we have d jumped into it a little bit, let's let's go ahead and jump into uh, your your inside corner. Um, this the Phillies. Obviously, they have a big soon to be free agent on their roster who is. Uh, swinging the bat as hot as anybody in the league right now, and that's JT Riomuto. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of Philly and JT? Are, are, are they having discussions? Where are these two sides at? Yeah, I mean, this is a big one. Uh, obviously, with Mookie Betts uh, signed now, Riomuto might be the biggest uh, free agent to be. Um, a lot of people would say that he is, and it's certainly a unique unique player with speed and an arm and uh, he's off to a great start with the power him and uh, uh, Harper uh, carrying that team uh, my understanding is uh, that they did have talks a while back uh, they are apart um, it does appear that for now they've agreed to let the season play out and he'll likely be a free agent I mean you never know I guess but uh, likely be a free agent but that being said a lot of times when or most times when the stars become a free agent, they end up moving. In this case, you've got an owner, John Middleton, who has been willing to spend certainly the last two years. And I wouldn't be shocked if he kept that streak alive. He signed Harper uh, two years ago. And then last year, uh, going into this year, he signed uh, Zach Wheeler. So uh, I still think the Phillies have a good chance uh, to keep Real Muto, which I think the fans will be thrilled about. Uh, it's clear, even though there aren't fans in the park, the enthusiasm of the Phillies fans with their air horn and everything else and uh, a lot of chatter uh, publicly about how much they want to get him signed from Harper and from the fans. 
I just I look at this Philly team and I just think to myself that they continue to underachieve. I, I look at this roster and I just feel like it should be a lot better than the eight and nine that they're at. That being said, um, you do see some some deficiencies uh, in that bullpen, and um, you just wonder. Do you I, you figure this? You look at this roster. You figure like you figure this team should be at the top of the standings, or at least competing at that. And they're only two games out, but they just haven't really looked that good throughout the season. Well, they look better against the Mets in the last few days. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I know the poor Mets. Um, you know, they're only a game under at this point as we do this. Um, their bullpen, as you mentioned, uh, that's a big deficiency. Um, and th- I think they understood that going in. That was going to be uh, the question. They beefed up the rotation with Wheeler. That lineup um, should be excellent. Uh, it's been carried by the two guys, as we mentioned, to this point. Um, they're probably better than they've shown. I'm not shocked, though, because of the bullpen and uh, the questions in the back end of that rotation. Yeah. You, you mentioned the Astros who have all of a sudden won four straight and seem to be back into this race after looking like they were lost. Uh, they're having some issues at the back end with Osuna. He, he's not feeling that great. What are you hearing on Osuna? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And then Dusty Baker's got the team going now. It seems like every every time Dusty Baker gets hired, he gets his team going. And certainly that yeah. first year is always a good one. Kind of like Billy Martin. They're nothing alike, these two, but uh, I covered Billy Martin. Uh, but uh, they both have that uh, ability to get the team going in the in the first year and beyond. Um, my understanding on Osuna, and there was a lot of talk about Tommy John earlier, and that's still a, a very real possibility for him. I, I think he's giving it rest now, and he's going to try to throw and uh, try to pitch through it. Uh, relievers sometimes can come back in eight or nine months if they're lucky. So um, it looks like he's delaying it for a little while to to give it a shot. Their bullpen has not been great by and large, and some of their hitters have been disappointing. Uh, I know, uh, you know, Altuve has not performed great to this point, and uh, some of the other guys haven't uh, lived up to their stats on the back of their baseball card. I'm sure there are going to be people out there saying, "Well, serves them right," or they don't have the yeah, hundred percent. They had before. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hear a lot of that, but. Uh, I still think Altuve is a pretty good player, and I do too. The rest of them are as well, so we'll see. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, they're an average team with some uh, definite injuries. Yeah, that, that team is. Uh, I mean, offensively, they're as good as as it goes. Their starting pitching isn't isn't bad either. Uh, yet they 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 seem to be starting to pick things up a little bit. Uh, Bobachet, he's a, a monk amongst the young stars that we're seeing that. Uh, are the next guys up, him, Fernando Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr., some would argue both of those last two have already arrived. Uh, Bobochet is, is injured after really starting to swing it back well. Yeah, he was hot. Um, and the poor Blue Jays, I mean, they, they lost their home, have to play in Buffalo. Uh, that looked good for a while. They were killing the ball when they got there. I mean, uh Probably a hitter's park, but Bichette had a five-hit game, and he's really come on. He's going to be a major star, but my understanding is he's going for a second opinion on that knee, and I've been told, I've heard that he's going to be out a while. What that means, it was not defined to me, but uh, it's certainly going to be out uh, for weeks. Um, he's on the D, uh, excuse me, the injured list now, and uh, that's, a, that's a big blow for, uh, for Toronto and leads me to think that they're, they could be a probable in the uh, in the. Uh, seller department you know it was interesting about the whole buyer seller seller's market i think everybody 
jumped on the idea that 60 games would mean more teams in it, more teams uh, in it to buy, but that also means there's less sellers out there looking to sell. So this, as you said, this market will be very, very interesting. I do know uh, in down here in San Diego, the Padres uh, took a tough hit over the last two games. They lose Kirby Yates uh, on Saturday. Looks like he's having, he's got some bone chips in his elbow. He's going to miss some time. And then yesterday's game, Tommy Pham fouls the ball off, has to come out, can't even finish the at-bat. Um, and he's out with a broken handmate four to six weeks. So Padres are uh, really having a tough time after getting off to a good start. They've lost now five in a row, and you lost two of your best players. Uh, things aren't looking good out this week. Yeah, yeah they, they were clearly a trendy pick, or one of my picks to make the playoffs. And uh, I still like a love, a love a lot of things about that team. But Tommy Pham was one of those things we both love, yeah. the on-base ability that he has and the, the way they've gone and – gave up some power guys and got on base guys. And uh, that's kind of what they needed to mix in there uh, with Will Myers and the others, because they already had power. So uh, it looked like they had a nice balanced team and uh, they're going to have to regroup here. This is a rough, rough break. And Yates is, he was one of the best uh, couple relievers last couple of years. So that's, a, that's a big blow as well. Um, we'll see what happens. That national league is a uh, very interesting could go uh, – it's a lot of teams right in the middle in the National League. Of course, you got the yeah. Dodgers who are fantastic, yeah. but uh, you got a lot of teams that are bunching, and it's going to be an interesting scramble to see who gets that 6, 7, and 8 spot uh, in the National League. No, there's no doubt about it. Uh, John, what do you hear on the prospect front down there in Miami? Yeah, Sixto Sanchez has been uh, throwing 100 miles an hour consistently. Oh, uh, pick up there and we talked about Real Muto before and uh, he was the big big uh, player that uh, Miami got back and a uh, uh, really talented guy there were some questions if he was going to be able to stay healthy but he's looked fantastic down on the alternate site and uh, their pitching has been good but my understanding is he has a very good chance to be called up uh, uh, pretty soon we've seen some of the top prospects already called up Bohm from Philly and Spencer Howard also Philly Dylan Carlson and uh uh, many, many players, uh, Patino from the uh, Padres have been called up, but Sixto Sanchez will be an exciting, exciting arm uh, to watch. Uh, and I think we're going to be able to see him uh, fairly soon. All right, John, let's play a game uh, this week. We, we normally don't play games, but I, I think this is a good one, especially when you consider all the teams that seem to be having some success this season. Uh, let's call it that one thing. And, and that one thing that could prevent blank from having a successful season what is that one thing you think for the athletics is when I look at this team uh, if, if they don't they're not missing a whole lot but uh, if they don't find a way to uh, I think to continue the the starting pitching that they have uh, that's where I, I think this season could to, could fall off yeah, I'm with you. Uh, they've been fantastic. Done a terrific job. I think we all expected them to take a step forward again this year with that depth that they have in, with arms and certainly the stars that they have led by uh, Matt Chapman. But uh, that would be my one thought with them with a, a lot of youth in that rotation. Yeah. Um, of course, the shortened season may help them because uh, the youth is an even bigger question if you've got 162 games and a lot of innings to, to cover. But, um, you know, uh, if you had to pick one, I guess that would be it with the A's. But like you, I, I like them a lot. Uh, you know, the Cubs are another in interesting one. Uh, the one thing I think that could prevent them 
uh, from having a successful season and, and really getting to another World Series is that back end of that bullpen. I know things have calmed a little bit, but uh, they have certainly struggled with the back end. Starting has been pretty good. The offense has been really good, which isn't too much of a surprise. But, you know, the back end of that bullpen, John, has, has, has struggled. I'm with you again. I guess this is why we get along so well. That's what I had marked down for the Cubs, too. Uh, Kimbrell, you know, obviously he didn't do it last year. He's, there have been questions early this year. Uh, their rotation, veteran rotation, looks excellent, and uh, I love their nucleus. I think they've underperformed seriously over the last couple of years. Uh, I know they had a rough series with the Brewers, close games that they lost, but uh, they're in it, and uh, they're a very mature team. They've done a great job with COVID, which is a big deal. He, still the one remaining team that has had zero positives, even on intake. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think they're a threat this year. I really do. But uh, they've got to firm up the back end of that uh, bullpen. Now, I'm going to lean on you for this one because I haven't got a chance to see the Minnesota Twins other than some highlights. And, and, and I know offensively that's not the issue here in no. Minnesota. What would be the one thing that would, would curtail their success? You know, I, I had trouble with them, too. Um, their offense is fantastic. I like their bullpen. I, I think their rotation is much improved this year. I would say mm -hmm. that still it might be the rotation questions. Uh, Barrios had one rough outing. I do like him a lot. Uh, Maeda's been uh, pretty good. I think that was a, a good pickup. Uh, Dobnak has been fantastic, but, again, uh, you know, he's a guy who came out of nowhere last year, so uh, we shall see. Um, they didn't do it in the playoffs last year again after getting there. I mean, maybe the question is, can they do it in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're going to be there, obviously, and uh, they've got a very, very solid team. But if I had to pick positionally, uh, I might say the rotation. Okay, now this next team I've had a chance to see on a couple different occasions, and that's the Colorado Rockies. Offense never surprised you here with this team. They play in Coors Field as a byproduct. They automatically have some offense, but they got a good offense there. Their starting pitching has been pretty good. Gray has pitched well. Three, three lands pitched a lot better. Uh, I think it, with them, it's the bullpen. Um, I don't really know if they have uh, a set role for, for their bullpen yet because it seems like different guys are closing – whether it's Diaz, whether it's Davis, uh, there's 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 been multiple guys closing. There's been multiple, and those guys have also pitched in other roles out of that bullpen. So for me, I, I would say it's the bullpen. Yeah, you're right again. I think that's it. I mean, their offense is fantastic. No matter where they played, they can hit. And Blackman's certainly been a, a very very interesting story early on uh, with a threat to hit 400, and him, him coming out right into the bidding that uh, he'd have to have an asterisk if he was able to hit 400. And I agree with him. So uh, good for him there. <laughs> yeah, and Story, we we both love him as an underappreciated star. Uh, Arenado is obviously one of the best players in the game. Uh, they they hit a ton. Uh, they just can't lose games at the back end. McGee and Shaw, who had been great relievers elsewhere, didn't do it for them. Uh, McGee pitching fantastically now for the Dodgers. So, I mean, that happens. Coors Field is tough for the pitchers. And uh, I'm with you, Tony. It's, it's the bullpen. That's the question in Colorado. Now, the Braves, I, I don't honestly see a lot of flaws with this team. I know offensively they haven't been as good as they were the last few years, but I don't worry about their offense showing up. I think the offense is going to be good. Where do you see the flaw? Where do you think the one thing that could take this team out is? 
Yeah, I mean, I got to go with the starting pitching. They lost their ace in Soroka. Freed has been fantastic filling in as the ace now, uh, de facto ace. Um, but they also lost Hamels, a terrific pitcher who they counted on and gave $18 million contract to. And uh, King Felix opted out. Um, you know, they're still hoping Fulte can regain something uh, that he'd lost. But uh, he's at the alternate site. Nice word for the minors right now. And, um, you know, I know they have prospects, so I could see why you would think they could fill in with in Anderson and some of the other young kids. But uh, I'm going to say that uh, starting pitching is a question for the Braves. The uh, rest of that team, pretty darn good, though. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to remind you guys, again, you can follow myself at, on Twitter at Tony Gwynn Jr. You can follow John at John Haven. Be sure to subscribe and rate, review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast for my partner, John Heyman. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. We'll see you next week on Big Time Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.